Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the Jayzo Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. everybody and welcome to episode 39 of the Rantastic Lupa's Bits the podcast. I am your Rantastic host, Lupa Barty aka Stephanie J Barty. Yeah, I say Rantastic cuz yes, today is going to be another rant and um it's going to be exactly what the title says, your privilege is showing because I'm done. I've had enough. This is ridiculous and I'm done. (laughs) So I'm trying to find online the list of... um, Okay, let me give you a little background first. Oh, because this is Mississippi, so that's not going to do me any good at all. Um, I live in Ontario. Ontario, Canada. You know, the most COVID-filled province in all of Canada. Probably all of North America. Um, Why are we so high in our COVID numbers? Well, because the dude that runs our province is an idiot. Yeah, I said it. I'm actually expressing a political view on a podcast that I said I never would. Um, He didn't do the COVID closings right from the very beginning. And you know what? You can come at me. You can argue with me. You can disagree with me if you want. You could say that, you know, just because you don't have COVID in your county, then your county shouldn't be closed. All the other counties should. And I, you know what I'm going to tell you? Shut the hell up. Your privilege is showing. Um, everybody said when he started closing things at first, it was just, you know, the small business owners, it was the mom and pop shops, it was restaurants, um, con- certain convenience stores, and he kept all the big box stores open. And everybody's like, oh, no, 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 certain things should be blocked off, blah, 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 blah. Well, those same people that were yipping and yapping 
a year ago saying that everything should be closed. Now that it is, because he's gotten a lot of pressure from all sides saying, you know what, our numbers are, keep going up every time you send the little cesspools that are our children back to school, our numbers go up. Um, every time you open up things without guidelines, our numbers go up. Meanwhile, the entire time, Walmart's been open, Costco's been open, Superstores have been open, and you can go in any of these stores and you can buy toys, and you can buy TVs, and you can buy movies and books and fancy little boots and cool high-heeled shoes and pretty little tops. All of the non-essential things that you could probably have waited 28 days to buy, but... Now he has closed off everything. If you walk into a Walmart in Ontario right now, you will see that everything from the front door all the way over to the garden center is open. Like the pharmacy is open, all the grocery is open, the garden center is open. And I sort of understand that. Um, everything else is closed. The, now, there are people that have been coming out saying, oh, I went to Walmart and I can't buy diapers because the entire baby section is closed. First of all, you're an idiot. Um, no, that's not true. They may have been closed at first until they removed all the non-essential items that are on the non-essential, really confusing list. But the entire baby section is open. You can buy diapers, you can buy wipes, you can buy clothes, toddler clothes you can buy, you can buy car seats, you can buy cribs, you can buy playpens, you can buy toys. You can buy whatever baby section in Walmart is open. You can buy toddler clothes because everybody knows that toddlers outgrow their clothes in three days. It's a thing. Until they're 11 or 12, they will outgrow their clothing within a week to two weeks, especially if they have a growth spurt. So toddler clothing you can buy. You can't go buy an evening, a nice little black skirt for a date. You can't go buy... A fuzzy little sweater, cute little sweater. You can't go buy the t-shirts with the funny sayings. You can buy scrubs. You can buy work pants. You can buy work shirts. You can buy work gloves. I know because I went to Giant Tiger and I bought work gloves yesterday because I need them. Um, but people are now complaining, oh, I can't go and buy, you know, little Billy the latest video game because he's played all of his other ones and he's bored. God forbid I actually have to speak to my child. Your privilege is showing. If we had have closed everything down the very first time, everything down the very first time, and only allowed essentials like food and drugs, and obviously diapers, you know what I mean, essentials, then we wouldn't be over a year later and in our third lockdown, our third stay-at-home order, our third state of emergency yeah our third state of emergency and you can hear i'm pretty sure this mic is picking up all the traffic that is flying by my apartment building right now because people have gotten to the point where they don't care they're not going to be inconvenienced by some new law imposed your privilege is showing you don't have the right to say I'm not going to abide by the rules because you didn't abide by the rules in the beginning. You haven't abided by the rules all the way along. And here we are. 
I am stuck in a really cool apartment. I mean, I that's we'll talk about that in a minute. But because you wanted to be able to go and hang out in the toy aisle with all your friends because you can't meet at the local coffee shop because it's closed. So everybody goes to Walmart or everybody goes to Costco. They all call up the girlfriends and, hey, we're doing a Costco run. Let's meet in the parking lot. We'll shop together. And then you get seven women in the Costco, all from different houses, hanging out, doing their weekly coffee thing. And look at where we are. I say your privilege is showing because people take for granted that we have these civil liber civil wow I can never say that that word I always get them mixed up civil liberties we are allowed to come and go as we please we are allowed to shop for and buy what we want nobody governs our grocery lists nobody governs our shopping habits nobody governs whether we go over to Joe's house or we go and hang out with Kitty at the park or we go see Muriel at the coffee shop. Don't ask me where I got those names, pulled them out of the top of my hat. And now all of a sudden, the government is saying, hold on. For the safety of everybody, for the betterment of everybody, and so we can actually resume that life that we are accustomed to, we need to do certain things. And people... Are not wanting to. I saw something on the weekend that almost had me hanging out my window screaming like a crazy person. I live on the main, one of the main streets or the main street in Sutton and my apartment faces the street. I'm at the front of the building so I see everything and I'm sitting on my couch Saturday morning. I do believe it was Saturday morning and I'm drinking my coffee and I'm kind of watching the world go by because, you know, I'm staying at home. I've put my privilege away and I've sucked it up and I am doing what is right for me and what is right for my family and what is right for the complete stranger on the street who might be immunocompromised. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing so I can have my life back. And I'm looking out my window and I see three or four people on bicycles you know, and they've got the bicycle shorts and they've got the bicycle shirt and they've got the fancy helmet and the knee pads and the elbow pads. And, you know, they bike for for fun <laughs> or, or seriously. They're serious bikers. Like, you know, when you see the joggers and, they, and you know they're serious joggers, they're not just jogging for fun. They're not just jogging for health. They're serious. They run marathons. That's what these bikers look like. I mean, they they obviously do, you know... 30, 40 kilometers in a day for fun. And they actually, these ones actually had come quite a way. They had come from Markham. Um, if you're not from Ontario, Google the distance between Markham and Sutton. Quite a ways to go on a bicycle. Anyway, so I see about five or six of them go by and they kind of stop at the restaurant pub across the road. And then I see another 10 come by and stop and they're starting to line up along the fence. And they're all milling around, chit-chatting. And by the time it was all said and done, there was about 40 of them. All milling around, chit-chatting, high-fiving each other, patting each other on the butt. Like, I don't know, maybe that's a bicycle club thing. Not sure. There was one group of them taking pictures. And I knew the minute I saw the cell phones come out and people taking pictures, they weren't from around here. Which means they have disobeyed the stay-at-home order 
and went about their business because, you know, their privilege is showing. I'm watching them. Not one of them. Not one of them. And these are all people that are over 40. Not one of them wearing a mask. There are about 40 people on bicycles walking up and down the sidewalk within, I would say, less than a foot of each other. Not one of them wearing a mask. Not social distancing. Nothing. You would think it was just a regular day pre-COVID. I found out they went into the coffee shop few doors down and she basically had to read them the riot act because they walked in in a large group when there's only allowed so many people in the establishment to begin with there are spots on the floor six feet apart stand here okay now you can stand here okay now almost there like she's made them fun and none of them wearing masks it is law. If you want to go into a, bu- a building, into a business, into a common area, you need to wear a mask. None of them were wearing masks. So she had to tell them, you either put a mask on, you stand six feet apart, or you get out. Because they were arguing with her. Why were they arguing with her? Because their privilege was showing. They were all lawyers and accountants from Markham. What, you think because you make more money than the rest of us that you're better than us? That you don't have to follow the rules? That you can afford to pay the fine so it's okay for you to not follow the rules while the rest of us have to? No, that's not right. And we're not, these rules are not put in place to inconvenience us. These rules are put in place to protect us so we can have a freaking life. I am tired of not being able to do what I want. I'm at a stage in my life where I can do whatever the heck I want. I don't have to hold myself accountable to anybody um, except for the provincial government because COVID. I can't just jump in my car and go to my sisters. I can't just jump in my car and go see my nephews at my brother's can't go see my granddaughter in Barrie. I can't jump in my car and go hang out with my friend in Indiana or North Carolina or go down to BC and see my friend's new place that she just bought. I can't do that because COVID. And just because you're sick of COVID and you're sick of the rules and you're sick of the way things are going doesn't mean that you can just decide you're not going to abide by them anymore. Because they're not there to protect you. They're there to protect us from you. I don't wear a mask to protect myself because it doesn't do a darn thing. I wear a mask to protect you from me. I stand six feet apart to protect you from me. I don't know if I've come in contact with COVID. I could be a carrier. I could be somebody who has it and is asymptomatic. I'm not. I've had two tests. So both have been negative. It's just... It's really frustrating. And now they've imposed this new um, only can sell essentials. So like I was saying, Walmart, you go into Walmart and like the, the shelves are literally saran wrapped. You know, when they get a shipment in and they bring the, the skids out, I think you call them pallets in the States. Anyway, they bring the skids out and all the stuff is sitting on the skids and they're all wrapped up in that, that saran wrap. Um, Well, that's what they've done to the aisles, to the actual shelving units. They're saran wrapped. 
So you can't even like sneak a non-essential item up to the cash and, and ring it through. You won't be allowed to buy it. They're no longer in the system. So, and, and it was a little confusing when the list first came out because a lot of the stores, the way they're set up is they'll have non-essential items, like fun stuff, mixed in with essential items. And there was a, I'll call it a kerfuffle. It's the nicest term to say. In the superstore in Midland, a woman was doing her weekly grocery shopping and Mother Nature decided to play a cruel and unusual trick on her. And she got her period in the middle of the grocery store. Now, if you're a woman, you know it happens just that quick. There's no warning. There's no, oh, excuse me. Um, so she went looking for feminine products because she was going, she normally, as women, we normally have um, an emergency supply in our purse. Now, if you've used the emergency supply in your purse and forgot to replenish said supply, you are in a bit of a pickle. She went to buy said feminine products at the Great Canadian, the Real Canadian Superstore. Yes, I am saying the name. And they were roped off because they were down an aisle with other non-essential items. They were deemed non-essential. I beg your pardon? Feminine products are deemed non-essential. I beg your pardon? No. So she tried to go down the aisle and of course she was stopped by a store employee and she demanded that, demanded that she speak to the manager and the manager came out and he says, I'm sorry, those are non-essential. There's nothing we can do. Um, that is the wrong thing to say to a woman who is already in a precarious situation with something that tends to make us a little moody anyway. So let's just say that an explosion, a mild explosion ensued and threats were made. Um, I do believe she threatened to just stand there and let a crime scene happen on the floor. I don't know if she ever did actually get her products. The manager just kept saying there was nothing he could do. It was store guidelines. There was nothing he could do. And in the store manager's defense, even though they're an idiot, in their defense, the original essentials list was not very clear. And if you were a lazy store manager and you didn't want to start pulling things off your shelves and rearranging your entire store so that all the essential products were accessible and the non-essential products were not accessible, things were going to get in the wrong areas. Yes, those are deemed essential. You can buy them at the drugstore. You can buy them at a grocery store, which the Real Canadian Superstore is actually a grocery store that does sell some homeware products, some clothing. Like they have Joe Fresh. That's their their um, trademark line of, of really crappy clothing. It's a grocery store. It's a fancy schmancy grocery store is what it is. And it's kind of a, a step down from Whole Foods. Yeah, so she couldn't get an essential product because it was in a non-essential aisle. But I've seen pictures of the Walmart in Cambridge, Ontario, that had masks, face masks. You know those things that we legally have to wear everywhere? Roped off. 
Could not buy them. Non-essential. Can't buy masks. Big pardon? It is by law that we have to wear these things on our face if we want to go into a store. And you have them roped off as non-essential and we can't buy them. Okay. I went to Giant Tiger today. If you're from the States, Google it. It's hard to explain what Giant Tiger is. It's kind of like, a, I don't know, a Kmart maybe that sells some food. Um, there's no furniture in it. Like you can't buy couches or beds or it's like a smaller version of Walmart. You can buy clothing. You can buy some housewares. You can buy, like I got some potting soil today. Um, you can buy some groceries. You can buy some beauty products like shampoo, bathroom products, stuff like that. And I went in there today because I needed duct tape because I had to fix the shelf on my fridge. And I'm looking everywhere for duct tape. And I go up to an employee. Now, I understand the employees in any store right now are under an incredible amount of stress. I get that. And I feel for them. I really do. And most of them probably go through their day ignoring the customers so that they're not getting yelled at. They're not having to engage with somebody who's aggressively privileged. I go up to the employee and she's removing peanut butter from the shelf. I don't know if she was moving it to somewhere else or all of a sudden it was deemed non-essential. I don't know. I said to her four times, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And I finally had to bend down and kind of, you know, stick my face in her line of sight. Excuse me. She stands up and she looks at me and I actually kind of felt like a big ogre because I was at least three inches taller than her. It was the weirdest feeling ever. And I said to her, where would I find duct tape? And she points me over like randomly kind of waves her hand over to this one spot in the store. And she says, if we're allowed to sell it, it's going to be over there. We're only allowed to bring out certain things. Okay, fine. So I go over and on this shelf are light bulbs and crazy glue, um, batteries, um, some funky monogram, like pictured water bottles. And then I look down and there is an entire shelf, top to bottom. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six shelves. And you know the shelves are at least three feet long, right? So there are six shelves, three feet long, top to bottom, an entire unit full of scented candles. Not emergency candles, not tea lights. Scented candles. You know, like the Yankee candle and the Airwick candle. Scented candles. Not one roll of duct tape to be found. but at least 50 different kinds of scented candles. How is duct tape not essential, but a scented candle is? So I stood there grumbling under my breath loudly into my mask because I'm willing to abide by the rules. I'm willing to only shop for essentials. Duct tape 
is essential. It is hardware. It is essential. Scented candle is not. I'm sorry, but blueberry scent is not going to fix my fridge. Duct tape will. Not a scented candle. So I stood there long enough that the manager finally tried to sneak by me and into the back room. Unfortunately, where the scented candles happened to be were two feet from the door to the back of the, to the, to the stock room of the store. And he comes sneaking out because the aisle's blocked off with one of those clothing racks. And he, he moves the clothing rack and he's trying to sneak around. And I went, scented candles! And he, he froze. Deer in the headlights froze. Where are scented candles essential? And he's like, uh, was there something particular you were looking for? And I'm like, yes, duct tape. But I'm looking at shelves of scented candles and I can't find duct tape. Duct tape. Oh, oh, that's hardware. If I have any, it'll be back. And he zipped in behind into the restricted area. And he came back with like four different kinds of duct tape. That's hardware. I can sell that. I haven't, we just haven't had a chance to move everything out. And I went, oh, okay. Because the employee over there told me you weren't allowed to sell it. And she's still moving peanut butter. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's hardware. We're allowed. We just haven't had a chance to move everything out. And I, I'm looking at him and I said, but this has been in effect since the beginning of April, 14 days ago. I think you've had enough time. Do you want your book published? I'm Walter G. Esselman, author of Super Horror Max and winner of last year's Open Contract Challenge. Now, Dark Myth Publications is having their third annual Open Contract Challenge, and we're looking for novels, books of poetry, novellas, comic books, and more. This is your chance. The grand prize is seeing your book in print on Amazon, no less, just like mine was this past March. First things first, though, you need to send in your pitch by the end of April. Just go to opencontractchallenge.com, and it's under submissions in the top right. From there, independent judges will choose 10 to go to the next round. Take a chance. As the final judge, I'm dying to read your work. So, yeah, I got my duct tape. I'm kind of hoping I'm going to go in there in a couple of days and the scented candles will be gone. And there'll be something there, useful. Because I'm standing there and I'm looking and pots and pans and... Um, can openers and kettles and frying pans are all in the aisle right behind the scented candles in the non-essentials. Cooking ware is non-essential, but a scented candle is essential. Huh? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not under, I, I, ah, my brain's going to explode. I'm not understanding that. I can't, I can't compute that that you would deem a scented candle essential. But I can't buy a frying pan to cook a meal. I can buy a can of tuna. That's essential. I cannot buy the can opener to open the can of tuna. It's non-essential. I don't understand. Although I did find out, and I was kind of concerned, because I really do need a fan. My apartment gets sunlight all day it comes in the front windows in the morning moves around to the side windows by the late afternoon and i can watch the sunset from my bedroom 
So I get sunlight all day and it gets warm in here. And my bedroom is really warm. So I have the ceiling fan, but I would like a fan for the summer. Um, and it's starting to get warmer and warmer every day. But I was willing to wait the 28 days, which if you live in Ontario, you know, is not going to be 28 days. It's not going to be 28 days. You know that movie 28 Days Later? Well, didn't they do another one called 28 Weeks Later? Yeah, Ontario is kind of 28 weeks later. When they say we're going to shut down for four weeks, everybody laughs and goes, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be more like six to eight. I don't think we've ever, act we've never actually fully come out of lockdown. We've never, ever fully come out of lockdown since the middle of March to 2020. We have been in some form of lockdown in Ontario for over a year. Things have slowly started to open back up, you know, like Michael's will open up, but you're only allowed 10 people in the store and you get all excited and you go and they have nothing, nothing but the stock that they had when we went into lockdown. It's like, no, I need things. You need to order things. Nobody's ordering anything. And that's another thing too. Because we are in and out of so many lockdowns, because nobody will do as they're told. I feel like a mother scolding their children. You go to your room and stay there. Till your father comes home. Daddy's not coming home for 28 days. So you stay in your room for 28 days. It's not that hard. Really, it's not that hard. I get you have to go out and do groceries. That's fine. I understand people are low income. I am low income, so I get it. I completely get it. There are some things we can't do. We can't stock up for a month to two months on food and groceries. We can't. We just, we can't. It's not how it works for us. We don't need to go buy new, a whole new wardrobe. Don't need to go buy fancy shoes. You're not going anywhere for 28 days. What do you need the sparkly high heels for? There was somebody um, freaking out in one of the store, one of the Walmarts in the area um, because they couldn't buy the latest video game for their child. Now, okay, I understand my grandson has autism and certain things will calm him and keep his interest and he can learn through them but they only work for little periods of time and then you have to get something new to I mean he's three so his attention three-year-olds have the attention span of a gnat to begin with because he's autistic his attention span is less than a gnat I mean, my daughter-in-law cut his hair um two days ago and she said it took like a whole bunch of cartoons, two movies, a bunch of snack breaks just to cut his hair because he would sit for a little bit and then nope, off he goes. Mix that in with a regular attention span of a three-year-old. I'm surprised that it actually turned out as even as it did. <laughs> and, and she did manage, it took her all day, but she did manage to do his entire head. So yes, I understand if you have special needs children, sometimes you do need access to 
video games or the VTech learning games or whatever. But not everybody. You just want to buy your kid the latest video game to keep them out of your hair because you're done with the in-school, out-of-school, in-school, out-of-school, half-school, what-school, hey-school, I got a new school. What? I get it. Figure it out. And then there was a, a woman on one of our local Facebook groups for the area freaking out. How am I supposed to? I can't buy my kids school supplies because school supplies are deemed non-essential. You can't buy paper. You can't buy pencils. You can't buy pencil crayons. You can't buy crayons. Any of that stuff. Office supplies. All of that stuff is deemed non-essential. So those aisles are roped off. I can't buy my kids school supplies. Excuse me. Your child has pretty much been out of school since March. And you're telling me you don't have any random school supplies lying around? Most of the schooling is done online. There is no need for lined paper and notebooks and pencil crayons and pencil cases and scissors and glue and all of that stuff. All of the schooling is online. I'm pretty sure you could find a notebook in your house or you got a printer, you got printer paper. There you go. That'll do you 28 days. 28 days. And not all of those 28 days are school days. So there is no reason to be flipping out because you can't buy your kid a bunch of dollar store school supplies. If you're that concerned, you should have stocked up. It's the dollar store. The kids have been in and out of school since March 2020. So you would think, because you've had to homeschool for most of the year, that you would have some sort of school supplies lying around, one would think. Heck, I've got notebooks here and I don't have any school-age children. I've got pens, I've got pencil crayons, I've got stuff. Your privilege is showing. See, People complain and and whine and say, you know, close this, close that, do this, do that. And when you do, and all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, this inconveniences me too. Then they start complaining about that. Just do as you're told. If we had have done this from the very beginning, like one thing I will say that the states did at the very beginning of COVID, when, in, when a state went into lockdown, the entire state went into lockdown. They may have started at the beginning county by county, but then they realized that doesn't work. Shut the entire state down. Close it down. Two weeks. A month. Close it down. However long it takes. Shut it down. And now you've got states that are pretty much back to normal. Living their lives, doing their things, having a grand old time. Texas, you don't even have to wear a mask. Don't even have to wear a mask in Texas. I want to move to Texas. I want to be done with this. Here, oh, well, let's close down this county and everybody that lives in that county who, you know, lets their privilege show says, oh, well, I can't go out for dinner here, but that county's still open. We're going to drive 40 minutes and we're going to go to that county. Oh, crap, I have COVID. Now I've spread it to everybody in that county. 
Now that county's closed. So everybody in that county now drives to the next county over to go shopping, go out to dinner, go to the movies, whatever, go to the beach, because that county's still open. And there's nobody out there policing the road saying, where, are you, where do you think you're going? Why are you driving that way? Where do you live? No, you don't live that way. You live that way. You should be over there. Stay home. Stay in your own county. And then when they did decide to lock down the entire province, people complained. People balked. Ah, oh, no. I can't go anywhere. And then they were saying that the police were going to pull you over and they were going to fine you. They can't just randomly pull you over and fine you. They can't. But if they happen to have a reason to pull you over and they find out that you are not where you are supposed to be, oh, you can bet your bottom dollar you're going to get a fine. And I totally agree with that. My brother said something to me yesterday on the phone that kind of surprised me. He said that he was shocked that I was in support of um, the stay-at-home order and the lockdown and the wearing the masks and sanitizing and the six feet apart. So I figured you'd be all against that and be arguing about that. Why? Well, because I thought you would be. So I had to explain to my brother how my sister explained it to me. <laughs> because at first, I was. I'm like, I... What's this going to do? And, and okay, I'll wear a mask to protect my mom. And I'll wear a mask to protect my niece and my nephews. And, you know, my grandma. And I didn't quite get it. And then my sister sat me down and she looked at me and she says, you realize you're high risk, right? And what? Because I don't consider myself high risk. I don't look at myself as high risk. You know, I'm, I'm healthy and doing my thing and I don't have all these ailments that a lot of the high risk do. I'm not in the age bracket of the high risk. So it, it never crossed my mind. And she said, your heart condition puts you high risk. And I went, oh, well, okay. So I'll just be careful. You know, if I get it, then I'll be sick for a while. She's like, no, 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 no. If you get it, because of the cardiomyopathy that I have and the fact that I'm in and out of congestive heart failure some days on a regular, <laughs> that's what it feels like. If I contract COVID and now if I contract even like the variants, I have a high possibility that I might not come out the other side. And when she sat me down and had that conversation with me, it really kind of struck me. Wait a minute. Um, I've been in the ICU. It's not fun. I've been in there in congestive heart failure where I couldn't breathe. My lungs were filling up with fluid and they stick that hose thing, that suction thing down there. And, oh, just, oh, I can't even. And they pretty much they had to hold me because they were trying to stick it and I was like sliding down the edge of the bed. And like down to the bottom of the bed, away from it? I don't, I, no. And it scared me and it kind of made me go, okay, I need to take this seriously because this is, this is my life that I am now playing with, that I am now doing these things for, 
that I am now expecting other people to be following the rules to keep me safe. And when I see people not following the rules and having this blatant disregard, this it's a conspiracy or it's not going to do anything, it really, really, really upsets me. Because you're saying my life is not worth your mild inconvenience. There was an article that my friend posted that said, started out saying, all in all, the overall amount of deaths from COVID is minimal. What? But then you look at the numbers, and I do believe the the numbers at the time of the article, I think the deaths were at like 1.3 million. Because it was like, I think, well, it was an example. It was like a percentage of um, the entire, I think it was, it was an American article. So I think it was like a percentage of the entire American population. And it worked out to like 1.3 million. And yes, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at the amount of people in the United States or in Canada, that is a small amount of people. But it's still 1.3 million people. That's a lot of freaking people. That's Toronto. Half of Toronto. That's half of Toronto, because I think Toronto has over 2 million now. That's half of Toronto. That's half of a city. To put it into perspective, that's a lot of people. So it's not an insignificant amount of people. I don't want to be one of those 1.3 million. I don't want my mom to be. I don't want my sister to be. I don't want my niece or my nephew to be. Or my unborn niece or nephew. Or my older nephews. You know, I don't want my neighbor down the hall. She's high risk. Because of her age. I don't want... So I will will take the precautions because somebody else's life, whether it's an insignificant number or not, is not insignificant to my inconvenience. It's a life. A life. Think about that. You complain about having to wear a mask. You don't wear your mask. You don't social distance. You still hang out with your friends. You're upset that you can't go and buy the latest DVD or, you know, a new music CD or whatever. But you're upset because you have to follow the rules to save a life. Where does that make sense? I'm sorry, your privilege is showing. Your life is more important, your convenience is more important than the life of somebody else. Think about that. Because that's what it boils down to. It really does. That's what it boils down to. Every time you complain about a new restriction that we have or a new rule that we have to follow or we have to wear masks wherever we go, or we have to still stand six feet apart and you got to line up outside of a business and it's it's raining, whatever, and you're grumbling about it, you're complaining about it, you can't go and visit your friends, you can't go to the bar and hang out, you can't go to the movies, whatever it is, and you're whining and complaining about it, your privilege is showing. You're saying to me and to everybody else, 
that could have serious complications, including death from COVID, that our lives are not important enough for you to follow the rules, to help lower the numbers, and get it gone. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'll remember that. I'm sorry. Getting my brakes fixed was, fixed was not important enough to me so that I made sure I didn't run your sorry ass over. Oops, my bad. That's, that's bottom line. Bottom line. You're going to whine and complain because you can't go buy new clothes. You're going to whine and complain because you can't go buy the latest kitchen appliance. Or update your hairdo. Whatever. And my brother said to me too, when I was talking to him, he said, I don't understand why, you know, I can buy shampoo and I can buy razors and I can, you know, we can buy make, Lacey can buy makeup and nail polish, but I can't go get a haircut. Um, unless you've struck it rich and, you know, or living a life I don't know about and you have somebody that shaves your face and she's got a makeup artist that applies the makeup for her. Both of those activities are single-person activities. Going to get your hair cut involves somebody else. They can't stand six feet away from you and cut your hair. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Well, dude, you're part of the problem. I flat out told my brother yesterday he was an idiot. He agreed. <laughs> After a lengthy debate, he agreed he was an idiot because he didn't think about it. He just thought it was ridiculous that, you know, you go into a store and there's makeup and nail polish, but he can't go get a haircut. Lacey can't go and get a manicure. Well, that involves another person. That's person-to-person -person contact. That's how COVID is spread. You have to be less than six feet apart to get a haircut. You have to be less than six feet apart to get a manicure. You can sit by yourself and shave your face. You can sit by yourself and put your makeup on and paint your nails. So I get it. And even though we are in stay at home and even though we are in lockdown, people are still having to work, whether they're doing it from home on Zoom and having Zoom meetings. You still have to look professional. You still have to show up to that weekly meeting, hair done, makeup done, like you would if you were in the office. And if you're an essential worker, you're still out there working with the public. Which for a lot of people means doing your hair, doing your makeup, getting ready and going to work. Frontline workers. My sister. In order for her to feel good, in order for her to not get bogged down, because she's a nurse practitioner, so she would work 14, 16, 18, sometimes 20 hours in a day especially when she worked in Emerge and when she worked in the neonatal ICU. She would be there for hours and hours and hours. She would get up in the morning, she would get dressed, and instead of just getting up, throwing her scrubs on, pulling her hair back into a ponytail and out the door, she would get up a little earlier and she would take time and she would do her makeup to kind of remind herself that, you know, she's more than just her scrubs. She's more than just the knowledge in her head she is still a human being. She is still a woman. And it was her way of kind of putting on her armor for the day and getting, getting into that mindset. Because the departments that she worked in, 
a lot of the things that happened in there shattered her, broke her. So she need doing that in the morning. So yeah, makeup is a necessity. Face wipes, because she'd come home and have to take all that makeup off. <laughs> Face wipes are a necessity. Going to the hairdresser, not so much. Going and getting your nails done, not so much. You can paint them at home. You can buy nails on Amazon. Trust me, I have. You can buy nails on Amazon. Not that hard. But I'm just, I'm tired of people thinking that the rules don't apply to them. That they're going to do whatever they want to do and who's going to stop them. Well, enough. Yes, we are privileged enough to live in a society where we have access to good health care. We have access to clean drinking water and food and groceries and necessities. But don't think that you're privileged enough that you don't have to abide by the rules that everybody else has to. Wear your mask. Stay home. Only go out if you absolutely need to. And I can tell you by the amount of cars going up and down my street right now that those people don't need to be out. It's five o'clock. You should be at home making dinner for your family. Go home. And I mean, I have a park across the street from me. Because I moved into it. All right, there was a reason why there wasn't a podcast last week. It's not because I was all ranty and upset and, and couldn't get it to get... Well, I was. But <laughs> that's, that's not the entire reason why there wasn't a podcast last week. I have now completely... Ugh, Sorry, I'm readjusting. I have now completely moved into my new apartment. On the Monday, I usually record on Tuesdays. The Monday of last week, I got a U-Haul. And because I did not want to subject anybody to anybody outside of the bubbles, I have two bubbles that I am in. I have my home bubble with Crystal and Brian, and then I have my bubble with my sister. Now, it was a choice I had to make. Bubble with my brother and my ex and my kids and my nephew, or bubble with my sister and my mother and my niece and my nephew and my brother-in-law. Now, because I was doing work at my sister's and I was doing work with my brother-in-law's idiot brother, I bubbled with my sister and with... Crystal and Brian because I lived with them. So I didn't want to bring any outside bubbles. Now, when I got the U-Haul on the Monday, I was going down to my sister's to get the stuff that my mom had put aside for me and a dresser and a bedside table from my sister. And then I was going from that bubble into an entirely different bubble. I was going up to my ex's to get my stuff out of the house. Well, some of my stuff. I still don't have all of my stuff, but some of my stuff. If I were to bring somebody with me, that would mean I would be bringing them into two different bubbles that they weren't involved in. So I did it by myself. I went and got the U-Haul truck. I was very proud of myself. Went and got the U-Haul truck, drove, it was only a little 10-footer, drove the U-Haul truck from Newmarket down to Grimsby, which 
consists of four highways and a really big freaking bridge. Now, normally my main stressor going to and from my sisters is the 401. If you ask the people close to me, they will tell you what is my least favorite highway. And they will tell you it's the 401. You can even ask Dave. He'll tell you. He knows. He has actually had to talk me through the 401 a few times. (laughs) And I'm in this great big 10-foot U-Haul truck. Now, if you've ever driven a U-Haul, you'll notice the first thing you notice when you get inside a U-Haul is there is no rear view mirror. It is the weirdest looking thing. You look at the front window, and it took me a few minutes. I'm looking at the front, the windshield. What is wrong with this? This does not look right. I should not have this much window space. And it dawned on me, there's no rear view mirror. Why is there no rear view mirror? Because there's no window behind you to see out. There is a big, huge truck thing, box behind you. You can't see out a back window anyway. But the side mirrors have these really cool little mirrors below them. I tell you, I'm not good at backing up, but with those mirrors, I could back up anything. I could get that truck in and out of tight spots. It was great. So anyway, I have no rearview mirror. I, I'm paranoid about going down the highway that I'm not going to be able to see in my blind spot, that I'm not going to be able to see anything that's coming up behind me. So I'm a little nervous starting out. Well, I realized, I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I had to pull off the highway and onto the back road. And, oh, I'd forgotten to do the truck survey. Because you're supposed to fill out all this stuff. You check the odometer, you check the gas meter, make sure it's all the same as it is on the contract. And you walk around the truck. Well, I forgot to do it. So I pulled off and I did it. Off we went. Back onto the highway. Well, these mirrors were great. And did you know when you drive something that size that people tend to respect you on the road? You put your turn signal on and they will back up and slow down to let you in because I think they're pretty sure you're coming anyway. (laughs) So it was not, I mean, I basically stayed in the slow lane because they all, it was an American truck. This one was from, like, remember I said the last time, Arizona. This one was from Arizona, had an Arizona license plate. Well, they have these things on them called governors which means you're not doing over 100 clicks. I think it was 70 miles. Um, Yeah, and that was interesting too. She hands me the keys. She says, oh, by the way, it's an American truck, so watch your speed because the speedometer's in miles. What? So I get in, and sure enough, all the big numbers are in miles. But, of course, like most modern vehicles now, the little itty-bitty numbers underneath were kilometers. In a Canadian car... The top is kilometers and the little itty bitty numbers underneath are miles. So I kind of already knew because when I'm talking to my American friends, I can't say I'm going 80 clicks and they'll be like, what? So I have to tell them I'm going 50. And then they understand. So I'm pretty good at knowing what the speed limit, the correct speed limit in is in miles and kilometers. But I get in this truck and I'm going down the highway and I'm doing pretty good and I'm kind of rocking it. 
And I do all of my, my switches and I finally get onto the QEW, which is the last highway. And then I remember there's the sky bridge that I still have to go up and over in a great big empty box. Okay, fine. So I start going up and it's early in the morning. So I have nobody to talk to on the phone. It's just me and the radio. And the radio was actually playing some really good music. So it's kind of keeping me calm and relaxed and, you know, it was all good. So I'm starting to head up the sky bridge and I'm like, look at me go. I'm doing the sky bridge. Woohoo. And I start going up and I made the mistake of looking out my side window. Did you know that you are up a whole lot higher in a U-Haul truck than you are in a little itty bitty Nissan Micra? And that you can see a whole lot farther you can see over the barricades. You can see over the side walls. Yeah, I could see all the way to Toronto from that bridge. I was not happy. Not happy. I, I went from, you know, I think it was five and seven driving, relaxed, doing the thing, to ten and two, white knuckled, holy crap. I'm going up this really big bridge. It's a little windy and I'm in a big empty box. And I mean, it's happened. There have been days when the wind has been strong enough that it has blown a transport trailer into the side rails and almost off the bridge. If I'm driving the Micra or my brother-in-law's driving his Mini Coupe, we will not take the sky bridge on a really windy day. If the sign says extreme winds atop a sky bridge, if you have a little car, you don't take it. You could end up bobbing around in the water. Or flipped over. So, yeah, I, that was a little nerve-wracking. So I get to my sister's. And my mom is useless. She's broken. She can't help move anything. My sister is pregnant. And she's got some complications with the pregnancy. So she was really no help. I mean, she tried. She she was help. I mean, I, I will, she was help. But she wasn't as much help as she could have been. And we were trying to kind of keep our distance from each other. And so I get the dresser and I get the, the bedside table and I get the top part of the dresser all loaded into the truck. And I'm like, woohoo, all right, here we go, back on the road. I'm doing this. I'm an independent woman. I can do this. Hear me roar. So I get back in the truck and I'm heading down the QEW and I'm like, oh crap, I got to do that bridge again. I got to do that bridge again. So this time I got my phone out. Well, I had my phone out and, and, you know, the camera was already up because I was taking video and, and stuff because, you know, documenting the trip. So I did a video for a friend of mine so he could see just how high up and how far. Because it was a beautiful, clear day. Like you could see a long ways across the water. So, yeah, that kind of kept me calm. But uh, I did the bridge and then I realized, crap, I got to do the 401 again. And this time I had to do the 401 to the 400. I wasn't going back the same way. So now I'm stressing about having to do the interchange because the 401 East um, coming from my friends, an old friend of mine that lived in North York, coming from their place, um, getting on the 400, it's, it's the most ridiculous off-ramp ever because... As you're trying to come across from the 401, you have to 
exit onto the 400, but you're doing it into an on-ramp lane. There is an on-ramp lane coming onto the highway as you're coming over to get off the highway. It, it's just, it's insane, this spot. So I'm stressing about that. And then I finally get on the 400, and it's smooth sailing from there because I know where I'm going. I've done the difficult part of the journey. So I get up to Midland and find out that half the stuff that was supposed to be packed wasn't packed. So spent two hours packing up stuff. Still didn't get all of the stuff that I wanted to get. Um, there will be more trips. And I mean, in all reality, my ex and I do have to go through the house um, from top to bottom and go, okay, do you want this? Do you want that? Do the kids want this? Do the kids want that? Because, I mean, there's my dad's stereo um, that my brother has said, if I don't take it and I don't want it, I mean, it's not that I don't want it. I have nowhere to put it right now. I offered it to my ex, but my brother said he would take it. So I don't know what's happening with the stereo. But anyway, so yeah, there's stuff that we need to go through, knickknacks and personal items and stuff like that, that him and I need to sit down and decide, you know, who gets what. Division of property. Yay! Yeah, so we loaded, the, got the truck all loaded up, and he's got really bad knees, or at least that was the excuse he was using. Uh, so he wasn't climbing into the truck. So I was up and down like a jackrabbit, up and down the truck, in the truck and out of the truck and in the truck and out of the truck and helping him carry the stuff out of the house. And then I would hop up into the truck and we would heave stuff up into the truck. Well, once it got into the truck, I was on my own. So I had to slide it into place and put everything in the truck. Now, I had rented the truck for two days because I knew, I knew, Mama didn't raise no fool, I knew that it was going to take longer to load that truck and get everything back up here um, than it was supposed to. So I get the truck all loaded and I get in and I'm driving back and a box shifts and I'm like, oh crap, I'm not worrying about it tonight. And I was so tired. It was, that was my first night that I spent in my apartment was the Monday night because I had booked two friends of mine. Um, I hired them to unload the truck Tuesday morning. I was not doing it by myself. There are 17 stairs that you have to climb to get up to my apartment. And if anybody's ever seen Pretty Woman, you'll understand when I say, because it's the best. It has to be the top floor, because it's the best. Anyway, so I had hired them to bring up the couch and the table and the bookshelf and the curio cabinet and the dresser and, you know, help me with the boxes and stuff like that. I decided I was going to spend the night here. I went and bought me a bed at Walmart. And I do have to admit, like, I bought a mattress and the, bar and, and the frame at Walmart. And I was skeptical about this, you know, mattress in a box. And I'd gotten a review from a friend of mine that said that it was a pretty decent mattress. They had a pretty decent sleep on it. But, I mean, this was also coming from a person that slept on the floor. So anything is better than the floor. <laughs> so I was still kind of skeptical about the mattress. But I have to admit, you know, it's, it's a decent mattress. I like it. I, I'm having a good night's sleep on it. And the bed frame that is holding the mattress is a decent frame. It's all metal. So, yeah, I'm impressed. I bought my own bed. Got my own bed. Nobody else slept in that bed but me. I've never had a brand new mattress. Ever. 
in my entire life. I've never, not even as a child, have I ever had a brand new mattress all to myself. Just, I'm the only body that has slept in it. There are no other body grooves that I need to kind of work out and, and flatten and reshape. You know, nobody else's butt bump that I have to figure out and sleep around. It's all me. Monday morning, you know, I get up and I make my coffee and it was my first morning in the apartment and I'm like, this is so cool. Um, it was still very echoey in here. And I mean, there's still a bit of an echo and you can probably hear that on the recording. There's still a bit of an echo, but I mean, there are 12 foot ceilings in here. So I'm never going to get rid of that. It's always going to have a bit of an echo unless I pack it in like a hoarder. And I'm sorry, I'm not a hoarder. So we get everything up here and then I spend the next few days, like I was supposed to record Tuesday, by Tuesday night after getting everything loaded up here and starting to unpack and, and get things organized and the furniture where I want it and, you know, unpacking boxes, I was just, there was, the only thought in my head that I could form coherently was food and it wasn't even cook food, it was just food. I didn't care how I got the food. I didn't care where the food came from. I think I actually ate a bag of chips for dinner because that was about as far as my brain power was going to take me. Um, so that's why there was no podcast last week because, and by Wednesday I was still, I couldn't even actually, to be honest with you, um, by Wednesday, I still wasn't exactly sure where my podcasting equipment was. If it had made it over to the apartment or if it was still at the trailer because I still have stuff I have to move over from the trailer. I'm not completely moved in yet. I still have stuff at the trailer that I have to move over here. But um, yeah, so I'm in my new place and I'm 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 adulting. I'm doing the the grown up thing. I've never lived by myself before ever. I've lived with my kids, me and my just me and my kids, my boys. But I've never lived by myself. And I find I talk to myself an awful lot. Just. Because it's really quiet. Cooking is a challenge. It's still a challenge for me. Because by the end of the day, I'm like, ugh. Especially this week, because I'm doing some um, physical labor for a friend. They've hired me and another friend of mine to clean out some yard, like do some yard work. And then we're going to be cleaning out the basement and throwing some stuff in the bin. And, you know, and my body is so sore right now. And I... I'm so tired, but I still have to make dinner. Now, luckily, I have leftovers from the dinner I made last night. So all I have to do is boil some pasta and just mix all that in. And then I got, you know, shrimp, chicken, Alfredo. Yay me. Yeah, cooking is still a challenge. And yes, I'm still cooking out of a frying pan because I can't go buy pots and pans. They're non-essential. Non-essential. So... <laughs> Anyway, that's my rant for this week. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Oh, holy crap, it's been over an hour. But yeah, like next time you're going to grumble and complain about the fact that you can't go to the gym or you can't go to the movies or you can't go and buy this really cool t-shirt that you see in the Walmart that you wanted to get or you want to go and buy a new pair of socks or whatever, just remember that these rules are put in place to save my life. Put that into perspective for you. You're doing all of this and you're abiding by all of these rules to save my life. 
put a face on it. My face. I appreciate it. All of you that are abiding by the rules and you're staying home and you're wearing your mask and you're staying six feet apart and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, don't think I don't appreciate that because I do. It means the world to me. And I'm doing the same for you. But if you're going to whine and complain because they've closed off sections in the Walmart and you can't go to Costco and buy what you want to buy, my life obviously means nothing to you. Thanks. All right, on that note, I'm out of here. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Stephanie J. Barty. You can find me at Lupa Barty. You can find me at The World of Myth Magazine. You can find me at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. I always put that one last for some reason. You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Instagram at Luhu Baskets, at Lupa's Bits, the podcast, at Stephanie Barty Author, at Stephanie Lupa Barty Author. I'm all over the place. You can find me on TikTok. Eventually, I will be back on TikTok. I'm still there. I just haven't done anything. At, uh, what is my TikTok? See, it's been a while since I've been on TikTok. Lady Luhu. There we are. Okay, that's me. And if you can't find me in any of those places, then I don't want to talk to you. All right. Catch y'all next week. Have a good one. See ya. Oh, wait, before I go, I do actually have one thing. You will have noticed in the middle of the podcast at some point in time, Joe's going to find the perfect spot to put it. There was this little plug for the open contract challenge by our very own Walter G. Esselman. You will be hearing more of those. And if you know somebody or you are somebody who would like to contribute to or try out for the Open Contract Challenge, then I suggest you find that plug, you go back and you listen to it, and you go to www.opencontractchallenge.com and you get us your pitch because you've only got until the end of this month. All right, everybody, I'm out. See ya. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.